Today, I'm sharing my thoughts on grief. Do you consider grief to be a four-letter word? I think it is, but you'll have to listen to find out what it is. If you are enjoying the podcast, can you please go to the show and leave a rating and review? If you listen on Apple Podcasts, go to the show and scroll down to rating and review. If you can spare the time to write a review, I'd really appreciate it. I haven't had one in over a year. Thank you. And now, enjoy the podcast. Hey everyone, it's Beth. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about grief and that grief is not a four-letter word. Well, you might be thinking, obviously, Beth, grief is not a four-letter word because it's five letters. But oftentimes, I think when we think about grief, we think about it in a very derogatory way, like a four-letter word with expletives that I normally don't use that kind of language on the podcast. But that's the kind of four-letter word that I'm comparing it to here, that grief is not necessarily always a four-letter word. However, here in the West, we've been raised in a really grief-resistant society. Don't cry. Everything will be okay. Just put on a happy face. Grin and bear it. We choose anything to do other than deal with grief when we are confronted with it. We are not given tools or space or knowledge of how to feel and deal with grief. We don't talk about it in school, and a lot of times it's not something that's spoken about in the home. But the funny thing is, it's not really funny, but the thing is, is that everyone will experience it. In one of my very first interviews, Kelsey, who was in episode number nine of season one, shared that loss is a universally shared experience. Quite honestly, other than taxes, it's the one thing that we're all guaranteed to experience here in the United States. It should be something that is more comfortable to talk about, but it isn't. We don't talk about it. We hide it. We internalize it. We stuff it. We bottle it. We eat it. We shop it. We sleep it. Whatever method you choose to use, we've been taught to ignore or deny our grief. And then shame enters into the picture. And why wouldn't it? It's a self-imposed kind of shame because when we interact with people and we start to talk about our loss, we can visibly see the discomfort that it causes in other people. If you can't see it, you can certainly feel it, like tension that can be cut with a knife. Brene Brown shares a formula for shame. She says that shame needs three things to grow exponentially. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. Secrecy, check. Silence, check. Judgment, check. Check, check, check. All of those things just seem to happen in the normal cycle of experiencing grief and then trying to live with it in a culture that has really not been taught how to accept or deal or sit with grief. 
The second part of Brene Brown's formula is that if you douse it with empathy, it can't survive. Hmm. But do you know how hard that is? So, so hard. So no wonder we think grief is a four-letter word. But this is where your power comes in. And I don't know when this happens. Three years after your loss, 20 years after your loss. A lot depends on your age and the circumstances surrounding your grief. But I do pray that you come to a point where you begin to understand that you do have some control over how grief affects your life. The first step in this is literally just acknowledging it. Being able to say that you're sad is okay. Feeling sad is okay. Why wouldn't you be sad? You've just experienced a major loss. The older I get, the more I realize how little I actually do know. You know, when you're 18, you think you know it all. But the older I get, the more I actually realize there's not a whole lot that I really do truly know. But I do know that there are certain things that are within my control. My attitude, my response, my effort. I recently watched one of those gold cast videos with Denzel Washington. He said, what are you going to do with what you have? You don't know what you need in life until you figure out who you are. And loss steals our identity and shakes who we are. It steals them, our loved one, and us. We are no longer the same person we were before, nor will we ever be. It's up to us to figure out who we are moving forward. An author that I like, Susan Cain, says that pain is not a detour from the main road of life. Pain is part of the road we walk as human beings. So how do we allow the grief into our life? How do we know who we are now? I'm a daughter without a mom. I'm also a daughter without a dad. I'm also a sister without a sister. I wear many grief hats. But who am I? How does that become part of my story without being all of my story? I had to learn who I was. I had to accept, acknowledge, breathe, endure, and explore who I was. That's not easy work, especially when we've mostly been giving tools to deny accepting who we are. Want to be thinner, blonder, tanner, richer, faster, smarter. These are all the things that we're sold. But how many times are you told to be just you, all of you, not just the best parts of you, but all of you? Cellulite and stretch marks and ugly, dirty, loss, crying, heaving you. Not very often. Then after becoming a mom myself, I saw how easy it was to just let my emotions take over and follow their lead. But that wasn't healthy either for my kids or for me. I found a book by Susan David. It's called Emotional Emotional Agility. 
And I started to learn how to recognize that my emotions were guideposts, but my, my emotions were not always truth. I started to learn how to control my emotions instead of, instead of letting them control me. This all came before the loss of my sister. That was in January of 2020. And then the pandemic. Boy, was it dark. Dark and lonely and lonely and dark. I spent so much time in my head and processing and thinking. And finally coming to the realization that I wanted to share my journey with others that I wanted to provide a space for others to share their journeys as well. I realized I'd never really talked about it much. So I started Daughters Without Moms at a time when I was really ready to throw the computer out the window. The divisiveness and anger and judgment that was happening all over social media was out of control. It was soul sucking. And unfortunately, I've seen sides of people that quite honestly, I wish I could unsee, but that bell has been rung. But then there was you. I have made amazing grief friends and connections over the past 20 months. I never in a million years thought that I would find this kind of support online. I never considered the effect it would have on me and my own journey and healing. In the midst of all the brokenness having happening everywhere else, we bonded over our brokenness. Just having the shared understanding, the common bond of loss, was enough for complete strangers to reach out and support and affirm each other. What a beautiful experience this has been for me. Truly, thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. And from that perspective, grief is a four-letter word. And that four-letter word is love. Love that we have to give and know where to go. Love that we will have to learn how to accept again. Because a lot of times after loss, we put up these walls and try to keep people out. Love that we will need to learn how to give ourselves again. We grieve because we've loved, and we love because we grieve. They go hand in hand, intertwined like a rope that has no beginning or end. Our grief is a form of love. I also want to ask you to consider grace, even though it's also not a four-letter word. In August, I posted a question asking if being hard on yourself has gotten you the results you are looking for. 100% of you said no. Being hard on yourself has gotten you nowhere, fast, except to continue to fuel that shame train that runs in your head. Give yourself some grace. It's part of the healing process and necessary for the journey to find out who you are. Finally, we all live with holes in our hearts, whether it's a mom-sized hole, a dad-sized hole, a sister-sized hole, and the list goes on and on. We all have holes, even when we do a good job of hiding them. 
or when we try to stuff them with other things. But let me tell you this. God does not promise a life without loss. If all else has failed you, consider talking to God or scream at him if that's what you need. It took me over 20 years to be able to accept a graceful, not judgmental God. And it has made a big difference in my life. If you'd like to talk more about that, please sign up for a free call. I'd love to just chat and listen. Or if you want to talk about finding out who you are without your loved one, I'm happy to talk to you about that too. You can find the Calendly link in the Daughters Without Moms bio on Facebook or Instagram. For much of your journey, grief may feel like that angry, vulgar, four-letter word in your head. But grief is love. Love looking for a home. If you liked this episode or you are a fan of the show, the best way to support it is to share it on social media and with your family and friends. For more of my thoughts on the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. As always, remember, we can use grace, grit, and gratitude to grow with our grief.